0: What we just did, you have permission to do that all through the day, and especially asking. Um, It's a bit of a challenge, you know, to just walk up to someone and ask, can you pray for me? Do you have a word of the Lord for me? But that's also part of everybody gets to play, pray, Um, and as you do that, as you model that, that you take yourself seriously, serious enough. That you take the love of Jesus for you serious enough that you would go and ask. You kind of open up this pathway for your church. As they see you do that and be vulnerable and be receptive, they will feel that it's okay for them to do the same thing. So I encourage you to practice that. Not just giving, but also receiving today. Is that a deal? Yes. Amen. You may be seated. This morning, I received a text all the way from New Zealand. I don't know if you remember who lives there now. <laughs> yes, Kellen and Sharon say hi to you. And they're with you in thought and prayer. And they told me to tell you that they love all of you a lot. They still miss us, <laughs> which is good. Doesn't mean the New Zealand family doesn't take care of them well, they do. But you know, we have a place in their heart. Oh, Marianne says, some of you may not know who Kel and Sharon are. Who doesn't? (laughs) Okay, good. I'll tell you. (laughs) Kel and Sharon have spent almost a decade helping to develop a church in Klaipeda in uh, Lithuania, and we were related to that church as the Benelux, and four people from that church are here. They're sitting right over there. At least three of them are. Can you wave? (laughs) And... (laughs) And Mama's in the back, and um, Kel and Sharon, after 10 years, handed over to them and went back to New Zealand to plant yet another church. Now, here's an example for you. (laughs) Those guys are really burning for the Lord. Um, So they say hi. I've done my duty. I said hi to you and communicated their love to you. Putty, let's welcome him, please.
1: Right, good morning, everybody. We're doing well. What a great day to be a new creation, huh? <laughs> Seriously, oh man um let's see what time we got here. I want to make sure we're oh, this is gonna be perfect. This is good. Hold on let me just let me calibrate my timer so that i'm uh, I've got us on track um. Man, day two. Anybody still have energy? Yeah, a little bit tired. But just drink a little more coffee. We'll, we'll be okay. Uh, we had a good, uh, good day yesterday. I really, really enjoyed it, um, and I just felt like the Lord was really generous to us. Um, yesterday morning, we had a good time thinking about this new season that the Lord is really unlocking in the vineyard globally. Last night, diving into identity. Um, and then I felt like the Lord really showed up in some cool ways afterwards as we prayed for one another. Um, today, what I want to do is just kind of keep building as we're going and begin to talk about the kingdom and how identity in the kingdom uh, are interlinked with one another. Um, last night, I mentioned how there's three themes that uh, the scripture traces from cover to cover, the themes of relationship, identity, and destiny. And these three themes, I list them in particular order because the way that they play out in our lives is they layer on top of one another. Um, you know, we, last night I said, uh, I kind of framed identity as we were talking about it. I said, look, here's the thing. We're, we're not really into our own self-defined identity. We're not into who do you think you are. We're into God's version of your identity. Who does God say you are? And what that means is our identity will be realized in us through our relationship with God. It's a relational thing. I'm not trying to be who I think I am. I'm trying to be who he says I am. And the more I can tune in and hear who God is saying I am, the more I can step into my true identity, who I really am. And so our identity is built on top of our relationship. And the more that we can walk in relational connection, we talked about last night, this walk according to the Spirit, that's a relational term, I'm living according to the Spirit, the more the Holy Spirit is going to tell me who I am, and I'm going to be empowered to walk that out. So our identity is kind of stacked on top of our relationship. And what happens is our ability to walk in our destiny, which is where we're going to talk about the kingdom stuff, we find that our destiny stacks on top of our identity. And, and this is the, pl- the this is the place where I see the body of Christ, we miss this step and so we get confused about how it's supposed to work. Um, You know, we as vineyard people, we love the kingdom, right? We're kingdom people, man. We want to heal the sick. We want to drive out demons. We want to see the lost saved. We love to see the kingdom stuff. But if we don't take the time to uh, learn and walk in our identity, we're going to be very unstable kingdom people. We don't have a foundation to build a good building on, And so we wind up with very inconsistent kingdom ministry. Because in the back of our head, there's something that's telling us, you shouldn't be able to do this. And so we're trying to act in a way that's actually inconsistent with who we think we are. And every time we step out to pray for someone, we have to fight through our own little identity crisis to do it. But if we can um, if we can receive the identity of who God says we are, then what we find is that the kingdom ministry that we're about as Vineyard people is the natural overflow of just being who we are. See, what's beautiful is this: like Jesus. Think about Jesus. Was Jesus going through a little identity crisis before he prayed for someone? You know, he like, he's like, oh, no, guy, you, you brought a paralytic, you know, you lowered him through the roof, oh, no, what am I, gonna, can I, I don't know if I have enough for this one, you know, like, Jesus isn't, isn't going through an identity crisis, Jesus is naturally responding in the obvious way in the situation, it just turns out he knows he's the son of God, So what does the Son of God obviously do when a paralytic gets lowered through the roof? He obviously heals him. And it's not a big conclusion for him to get there. He's like, oh yeah, that's right, I'm God. (laughs) I can do something about this. When we understand who we are, that we have been made a new creation and that we are now temples of the indwelling God, when that becomes the most natural and normal thought we have about ourselves, which is what the scripture tells about us, then it frames the way we encounter situations and problems and all of that very differently. You realize when you walk into the room, you are carrying the answer to every problem in the universe. When you walk into the room, let me say that again here, You are carrying the answer inside of you. God is in here. He doesn't leave when you walk through the doorway. So when you walk into the room, the answer for any problem, any challenge, any situation has entered the room inside of you. And so whatever comes your way, things are possible. Potential has just entered as long as as we don't spin out of that, fall into our lack of faith, and go, God, where are you? I need to find you out there somewhere. God worked really hard to get inside of us. You know, all throughout the Old Testament, God had a house. He never has a home until he moves inside of us. That's what Jesus says. My Father and I will come and make our home in you. We are His natural, comfortable resting place. So if we're looking for Him out there somewhere, it's actually because we haven't understood who we are. This is parenthetically why hearing the voice of God feels like this fuzzy thing of listening to yourself. Because our paradigm is wrong. We keep looking for God out there. He's like, I worked real hard to get in you. I'm not planning to step back outside of you to talk to you. So when he speaks, he actually speaks from within us. And it means his voice radiates out from within us. And we have to learn to pay attention to ourselves to hear the God who lives within. Kind of a silly analogy, but um, my wife, we've got three kids. And I remember the first time she felt our, our, uh, our first daughter kick. And she didn't recognize that our daughter was kicking inside when she was pregnant. She thought she had gas. Sorry, sweetie. <laughs> right? And it wasn't for a couple of days that she learned to pay attention to her own body to perceive what side inside of it. She realized, that's not my gas. That's the baby doing something. Something lives within me. She had to learn to tune in to her own self and interpret her own experience in light of the being that was living inside of her. We go through the exact same thing with God. God speaks, and we interpret it as our own spiritual gas. What thought that I had. This seems kind of random, right? And so we just dismiss it. Oh, you know, I don't know. I ate something weird or, you know, I didn't get enough sleep last night, whatever it is. We misinterpret it. No, 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 no. The God of the living universe lives inside of you. And the way you hear him is by learning to interpret your own experience. So he speaks and we hear it through ourselves. Super, super weird, right? But it's the way he set it up. And so we hear him through our thoughts and through our feelings and through our whatever. And and we go through all those things. Was it God? Was it me? Well, if God lives in you, that's a fuzzy line. Say that again here because I know that might challenge. If God lives in you, that's a fuzzy line. Is it God or is it me? Well, he's in you. So if it is God, it is also you. Jesus never, Jesus never went, am I God or am I man? Okay. <laughs> so being a new creation, the most natural thing a new creation does is the kingdom of God. That's a beautiful thing. The kingdom of God is not normal for the old creation. It is, it is the most unnormal thing that there is. It doesn't make sense. It's like, it's it's absolutely, you know, it's, it's foolishness to the wise, it's, it's all of this. But for the new creation, the kingdom of God is incredibly natural. Jesus brings this up. This comes up when um, Jesus is having the, the famous uh, born-again conversation with Nicodemus. In John 3 just look at this here. John 3, um, verse 2. You guys know Nicodemus. He sneaks out, has this conversation with Jesus, asking questions. And here's, here's his opening question. John 3, verse 2. This man, Nicodemus, came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher that come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. So interestingly, we, we almost always preach this passage as if Jesus is having an evangelism conversation. But Nicodemus's question is actually about signs and wonders. So he's like, well, you must come from God because you, you can do these amazing things, Jesus. And Jesus' response, he goes, oh, Jesus answered him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. What's the result of being born again? What's the result of being a new creation? Is that you can see the kingdom of God. And interestingly, the way Jesus brings it up, he, he kind of almost implies like, yeah, all you got to do is be born. You can be spiritually one day old and you can see the kingdom of God. Because the kingdom is the most natural thing for the new creation. And so, as we learn to understand, learn to to walk in our new identity, the kingdom doesn't feel like a thing we strive for. See, our new identity tells us that we're part of a whole new creation that Jesus is making. Jesus is the entry point of God's recreation of the entire cosmos. God, for... It's not an accident. God does things in sevens, doesn't he? Come out. <laughs> no. God, God loves seven. It's one of his numbers, you know? He's got a few numbers that he's really fixed with. And I find it very, very interesting that Genesis 1 has six days, not seven. You're supposed to read that and go, something is missing. And what happens is God, for six days, creates. And what you hear is, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's very good. And then you have this dot, dot, dot at the end of Genesis 1. And the completion of that is a few thousand years later where the same exact voice is hanging on a cross and says, It is finished. It's good, it's good, it's good, it's very good, and now it's done. Why is he saying that? Because Jesus is the beginning of the new creation. He's the completion of what happened. God spiritually was bringing his order into the world in Genesis 1, but he, or he physically was bringing his order into Genesis 1. He's physically creating, and the last element of is he creates the spiritual order in his son. And so you and I are, are the part of our world that has been put into Jesus Christ and therefore shoved past death through resurrection into eternity now. You and I are already who we're going to be in heaven. It's given to a man once to die and then to face judgment. I believe that's, might be mixing that up. You and I have already died. We have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer us who live. So we've already died. We've already been judged. And we're living the people we're going to be in eternity in our mortal bodies now. I know. This might be stretching. What are you saying, buddy? What are you saying? You see, we do this silly thing where we confuse death with the breakdown of our biological machine. Paul says we change clothes, but death is about the, 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 death is about our being as much as it's about our body. And we have entered into Jesus' death and into his life, which means we should not be counting our life like I was born and I'm living and now I get to 36 which is where I am today, and then someday, you know, hopefully in my 80s or 90s or whatever, I'm going to die, and then I'll enter eternity. That's the way that the world counts their timing. What we do is we say, I was born, I'm walking through my life, and whatever age it is that I got saved, I died. And then I entered eternity. I am now who I'm going to be in eternity. And then I kept counting, and now here I am at 36. And someday, moving forward in the future, I'm going to change my clothes, and I'm going to pick up clothes that match who I am on the inside as I continue my journey forward into eternity. But for me, the transition point to eternity, death into the future, happened when I joined Jesus, when I, when I put my faith in him and I was united in him, I became then who I'm going to be in heaven. And so that means I am living, belonging to eternity in the now. That's actually always been the kingdom message We're ambassadors of the future. We don't belong here. This is not our home, right? That's our home. And what's the most natural thing in the world for you and for I is to act and live from eternity, which is our home, in this world, which isn't. And when we do that, this beautiful thing called the kingdom of God is unleashed. Scriptures go here over and over and over again, linking the idea of our identity and our ability to release the kingdom. I think a, a beautiful poetic example of this is in uh, Malachi 4. We, we read some of those last verses. A couple of verses earlier, it says this phrase. It says, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in its wings. Right? I love that picture. The son of righteousness, the son of a new creation, the son of knowing who you are will rise upon you. And you know what happens when you know who you are? Healing Follows you around (laughs) Healing is in its wings Healing is just following righteousness It's natural It's normal Because all that's happening is righteousness Is just leaking into this broken world And when righteousness leaks into unrighteousness You know what we call that? We call that healing (laughs) Righteousness is leaking Into this broken world What's righteousness? Right in being Right? Right? So what happens if my friend's arm is wrong in being? It's not conforming to God's design. It's supposed to work. It's supposed to be strong, but it's weak. Its muscles are bad. Its tissues are broken. When his shoulder conforms into God's being, we would say it's been healed because it's now working according to the design that God made it. It was weak. Now it's strong it was broken now it's now it's fixed it has become healed so when something moves from not righteous to righteous we call that healing <laughs> and that works physically it works relationally it works mentally and emotionally any area think about it whenever something goes from what it's not supposed to be to what it is supposed to be that's healing in that area and so you are the embodiment internally of things being what they're supposed to be and all you have to do is be yourself because you are a source like yourself is a source of healing into the broken world around it oh thank you right you're with me (laughs) Uh, i know a lot of you are with me i just know this is new so it's like whoa mind broken comprehending things differently Right, But you can see what happens is all of this anchors this stuff really solidly in our lives. It's no longer this thing where it's like out there and I got to find it somehow. Like where is healing? I, I got to go get it and, and, and pull it back. Because as long as you're in that place, this whole thing feels so hopeless, doesn't it? It feels like hard work. It feels like, it, you know. And all of that is so antithetical, so contrary to what the scriptures say, which say things like God's not far away that we have to go find him and get him. He has come close in his son, right? Healing has been brought in close in his son. You have actually been made a source of it. One might call you a son or daughter of God. So good, so beautiful. So with that, let's talk about how do we do this? Now, I know we are good uh, vineyard people in this room. And we know that the kingdom was Jesus' primary message and primary ministry. Right? I mean, everywhere he goes, he teaches about the kingdom. He ministers the kingdom. He tells parables about the kingdom. He tells his disciples to go proclaim the kingdom. I mean, he, he is like practically obsessed with this kingdom thing. It's what Jesus does. And remember, Jesus's life and ministry is supposed to be an illustration of what we enter into when we're born again. He's the firstborn of all creation, right? So he shows up and goes, "I'm the beginning of the new creation. And when we look at him, We see the character of the new creation. And if that's the one we're born into, when we look at him, we see what's possible for us. When we look, I want to say this again, because this is one of those points where we we miss it. When we look at Jesus, we see the core of the new creation. And we're not supposed to look at that and and, and draw the conclusion, Jesus is so amazing and I'm so lame. He's not supposed to be someone that impresses us and puts distance between us and him. He's actually supposed to be the example of what the new creation is like that you already belong to. He's the blueprint of the new creation. Am I supposed to switch? It's not working? Hello? Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll double team it. That'll be great. <clears throat> Jesus is the blueprint of what the new creation looks like. So when we look at him, we shouldn't just see something aspirational that is so far distant from us. No, no, no. Jesus is supposed to be the example of us. Jesus says it this way, and I think this is a, a great truth to kind of hang some things on Remember when Jesus says in John 14, like, he's like, I'm going to leave. Thomas is like, but we're not going to be able to do this after you leave. <laughs> we need some help. And Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, right? No one comes to the Father except for me. I'm sure you've heard that. Think about this. Jesus was, when he said that statement, 100% God, and 100% man, right? The incarnation, that like beautiful mystery. Jesus would not be able to say, I am the truth as the incarnation, unless he was saying that as 100% God and 100% man. What that means is this, Jesus is 100% of what you need to know about God, and, shockingly, he's 100% of what you need to know about man. It's that second part we don't like. <laughs> the first one we go, oh yeah, 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 yeah. And then we're, oh, I don't know. Jesus is 100% of the truth you need to know about God and 100% of the truth you need to know about yourself. Paul puts it this way. I resolve to know nothing but Christ and him crucified. Why and him crucified? Because that's also you and me crucified. Jesus is everything you need to know about God, everything you need to know about man. And so, if the kingdom is his primary message, then that means the kingdom is our primary message. It's our primary ministry. Now in John 5:19, this is a this is a great vineyard verse. We'll just flip there and read it, because it's good. Jesus gives us one of of the keys to his ministry. Um, He's just healed someone. The Pharisees are complaining, per the usual. And he says this, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all that he himself is doing. So Jesus himself basically says this. Guys, Pharisees, don't get confused. I'm not flexing God's superpowers to heal people. The Son can do nothing of his own accord. Jesus wasn't walking around healing people, leveraging his divinity. He he set that aside in a measure when he incarnated. Um, Philippines 2 talks about that. So he healed, I mean, he was fully God, fully man, but he was healing as a man, not healing, flexing his godness. The son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the father doing. So what that means is this. Jesus was healing in partnership with God's leading. Now, look at the list that Jesus was able to get done in partnership with God's leading. I mean, and not just even healing, right? I mean, loads of incredible miraculous healings. I mean, healing the every possible condition you can think of, driving out all these demons, walking on water, multiplying food, you know, just all kinds of crazy stuff. All of that comes out of I'm entering into partnership with what the Father is doing. That's the way of the new creation. You and I can do these same things. Jesus said so. In fact, he prophesies it. Truly, truly, I say to you, anyone who believes in me will do the same and greater works. So that's crazy. We look at Jesus and we go, you're not even the higher bar. There's so much distance between me and you that you're you're more like a fairy tale than anything else, Jesus. And Jesus puts himself as the lower bar. Truly, truly, I say to you, anyone who believes in me will do the same and greater works. Jesus goes, I'm the lowest bar that every single one of you can surpass. And he says, because I go to the Father. here's, Here's something just to noodle on, okay? We're not gonna teach any of this right now, but Jesus went to the Father and is now seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven, right? You and I, scripture says, are seated in him, in heavenly places, at the right hand of the Father. When Jesus said that, he was not seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven. What that means is, you and I, in spiritual places, right now, this might sound like a scary statement, occupy a place of higher spiritual authority than Jesus had when he was on the earth. That's why he says, we'll do the same and greater because I go to the Father, I'm going to give you a higher spiritual authority than I have when I am walking on the earth. So anyone who believes in me can do the same and better than I can do. Pretty cool, right? So Jesus is. <clears throat> Jesus says, I do this thing in partnership. I'm partnering with God. I'm entering in to what he is doing, right? Now, what does this look like? Because what I want to do is I want to take some time and actually lean into this and practice this. Here's what I found. Vineyard people usually do not lack a motivation to do that verse. We hear that and we go, great, I want to do that. I want to do what I see the Father doing. Only problem is I don't know how to see what the Father's doing and do it with him. So it's usually not a motivation problem. I mean, every once in a while it is because it's like, oh, God's doing something scary, and I don't know if I'm up for that, right? Well, then we work on the identity, and that that gets resolved. But there's still a piece of uh, knowledge and capability that we might be lacking. So let's talk about that capability. How does someone see what the Father is doing? And how does someone do what the Father is doing? Well, I think some of the best verses that describe this, are some of the very first verses in the Bible, specifically the first three. Oop, let me kick something. If you want to see God's raw power on display, I would suggest that possibly outside the resurrection of Jesus, Genesis 1 might be one of the clearest examples. I mean, making everything is pretty powerful, (laughs) right? And in Genesis 1, here's here's how the writer describes God's creation or God's creating. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And we could continue, um, but those three verses actually give us everything that we need here. Now, the first verse says this. In the beginning, God creates the heavens and the earth. But the earth was without form and void. Darkness was over the face of the deep. Thank you, my friend. Oh, man, you have skills. <laughs> okay, so here's, here's the interesting thing, okay? Verse 1 tells us that God made everything. It's funny, you know, like the, the content of creation God makes in Genesis one one. The ordering of creation is what we see through the rest of Genesis 1. So God makes the heavens and the earth. We don't know how, we don't know what exactly that looks like, God makes it. But it says... The heavens and earth were without form and were void. Okay? What does that mean? It means they were messy. They were chaotic. They were not the way that they're supposed to be. They were your teenage daughter or son's bedroom. You know? (laughs) It's without form and void. The clothes are on the bed and they're not in the drawer. You know, like there's stuff everywhere. There's a, there could be a plan to this bedroom, but it is not being followed. Okay? So creation is without form and void. It's messy. And it says that in this messy, chaotic state, the spirit of God begins to hover. The Spirit of God hovers over brokenness and chaos. And it's in this context that God says, let there be light, and bang, light gets created. See, what's happening here is there's a partnership that's unlocking God's design. And that partnership is this, the Holy Spirit first begins to hover over chaos and disorder. And in the context of the hovering Holy Spirit over chaos and disorder, the word of God is spoken. And when the word and the spirit come together, that's when God's design is unlocked. That's when God's rule is achieved. When his word and his spirit come together. Now, this This picture winds up getting pulled through the scriptures over and over again. There are a lot of times when God's power on display is intentionally pictured as a partnership between the hovering presence of the Spirit and the spoken word of God. Okay? Uh, We'll fill in some of the details of how we got here in a little bit, but I'll give you an example, okay? In Acts 14, Paul shows up, he's doing one of his church planting, you know, uh, missionary journeys. And he shows up on an island that has never heard the gospel before. And it says he's preaching. And while he's preaching, he looks out and he sees a man born crippled. And he says, that man has faith to be made well. Now, pause, let's think about this. By definition... There are zero Christians in this place. It's the first time the gospel has ever been preached. No one is saved. So how does this unbeliever have the faith to be healed? Question. The answer, a gift of faith, which is one of the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. So Paul looks out and goes, that dude has no business having faith, but there's faith right there. That's the hovering presence of the Spirit of God. So what does he do? It says he cries out in a loud voice, stand upright on your feet, and the guy pops up and is healed. Why? Paul sees the hovering presence of the the Spirit of God, and he adds the Word of God. Word and Spirit come together. God's design is unlocked. See, what happens is, by the way, sometime go and reread a bunch of the miraculous stories in the New Testament, and you'll see these details jump out of you. Same thing happens with John and Peter. As they walk by the the cripple on the way to the temple... There's intentional language that indicates to you Peter and John saw something before they stepped in and did something. So um, what happens is the creation happens. We have the fall, we have thousands of years of history, we have the Israelites, we have the Old Covenant, we have all of that. And then what happens by the time we come to the New Testament is... The word became flesh. The spoken word of God embodies himself as a human being. And he comes to the earth. And you know what he does for 30 years that's miraculous? Nothing. Nothing. He walks around. He carpenters. He does whatever Jewish boys and young men do. I don't know. And he does nothing until... He gets baptized by his cousin and he comes up out of the water and lo and behold, the hovering presence of the Holy Spirit, like a dove, comes and lands upon him. And all of a sudden, the word and the spirit are together and lo and behold, Jesus has a miraculous ministry, comes out of nowhere. We never saw that coming. He didn't do anything. Oh, because the word and the spirit are now together again. Jesus goes through his life, he does his thing, and he dies, and he resurrects, and he sends out the disciples. And what happens when Jesus dies and he resurrects? Well, where does scripture say that Jesus now dwells? He dwells in your heart through faith, doesn't he? So what does that mean? Where is the word of God embodied on this earth right now? In you. The word of God has been buried in you meanwhile acts 2 says the holy spirit was poured out on all flesh and what that means is everyone's a target for that hovering presence to begin to come over their life you see just like in genesis 1 the holy spirit is still a fan Of beginning to hover over the chaos and brokenness in people's lives. He hovers over their broken bodies. He hovers over their broken marriages. He hovers over their broken relationships and their broken finances. And when you and I have the ability to perceive that hovering Holy Spirit, you know what we can do? If we speak by faith, the Holy Spirit or the Word of God dwells in our hearts by faith. If we speak by faith, you know what happens? The word of God and the spirit of God come together again. And when the word and the spirit come together, God's will is unlocked. The kingdom is released. And so what we're looking to do as kingdom people, if you want to do this thing, you can do do the, the try everything approach if you want to. You can, you can just say, I am gonna, I'm going to just target anything that moves and speak and declare and speak and declare and speak and declare. And you know what? Every once in a while, you will run into the Holy Spirit, and you'll see something happen. But it's kind of a discouraging way to do it, in my opinion. Because more often than not, you miss the Holy Spirit. And it's hard to keep your motivation up when you do it that way. The other thing you could do is you could say, you know what, I want to learn to develop the ability to see that hovering presence of the Holy Spirit. Because if you can perceive the hovering presence of the Holy Spirit, then you've already got the conditions to add the word. (laughs) And all of a sudden, it looks like praying is not random, which is what it feels like if you're not discerning the hovering presence of the Holy Spirit. And then unfortunately... We we cast the randomness, we reflect that back in ourselves, and we come to the conclusion I don't have the right gifts or something like that. When the whole thing is just it's it's backwards. You have all the gift you need. You know what gift you have? The gift of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> That's all the gift you need. You don't don't need an additional gift beyond the Holy Spirit. You have the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so if you can perceive that hovering presence of the Holy Spirit, and you can step in and add words through faith, you have everything you need. Everything you need. And so for us as vineyard people, we want to get really good at perceiving that presence of the Holy Spirit. Okay. One last point, and then we'll do it. Okay? Let's hit Mark 4 real quick. Is this helpful? Is this clicking a few things together? For some of you, a couple of you? Okay, good. Good, all right. All right, Mark 4. Jesus tells a bunch of parables about the kingdom. Now, when Jesus tells parables about the kingdom, it's important that we realize he's telling parables about the kingdom. And he's not telling parables about the church. So in Mark 4, Jesus tells this parable. With what can we compare the kingdom of God... Or what parable shall we use for it? So he's going to tell us a parable about the kingdom. Once again, not about the church. It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when sown on the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on the earth. And yet when it's sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. Okay. Every time I've ever heard this passage preached, it gets preached this way. Jesus is going to start a really small church. It's going to be 11 people by the time one of his 12 disciples sells him out. (laughs) We've got 11 people, but that really small church is going to grow up and become really big and important someday. Now, that is indeed how the history has played out. But Jesus is not telling a parable about the church. He's telling a parable about the kingdom. And what is the kingdom? The kingdom is God's in-breaking activity. So what Jesus is saying here is he's saying this. When God starts godding, it's a good way to think of the kingdom. The kingdom is God godding. Okay? When God starts godding, it often starts like a mustard seed. Now, anyone in here seen a mustard seed? I don't know how common mustard seeds are around here. I know preachers will often bring them in and you know, show you, this is all the faith you need, you know? And that's great, okay? If you haven't seen a mustard seed, <laughs> if you haven't seen a mustard seed, it's roughly the size of the period on your piece of paper or your you know phone or whatever it is that you're reading that scripture on. And it's not too far from that color either. So it's a very small... Very dark seed. Now, I want you to imagine this. Imagine you have one mustard seed. And you've tilled up some soil because you're about to plant this mustard seed. And you bend down and you drop that mustard seed into the dirt. The dirt that's the same color as the mustard seed. (laughs) Question. Do you see that mustard seed land? Probably not. As soon as that thing leaves your hand, it is gone. And you have no idea where it went. In other words, what Jesus is saying is this. When the kingdom starts breaking in, it often begins as something that looks like a non-event. This is a place where I think we get confused. We can correlate too strongly the extent to which the kingdom is breaking in and how physically demonstrative something happens when we begin to pray. So if, if someone, let's imagine this. Like the situation that is, is one that, that haunts us as kingdom people or excites us, depending. Someone at the conclusion of whatever service you're at or however it works, there's a prayer opportunity and someone rolls up to you in a wheelchair. And they say, I want you to heal me. And you say, well, what's going on? And they say, well, I have a severed spine. I have no feeling below my ribs. And you go, oh no, this is that moment, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then you start praying for the person. Now, if when you pray for the person, you know, you, show, you, know, you do the vineyard thing, close your eyes, put your hands out, you know, whatever. And, and you start praying, and instantly, the person starts going, <laughs> then probably, if you're like me, you're gonna go, God's doing something! This is amazing! And you'd be like, get up in Jesus' name, or something. Or maybe that might be a little bit much, but you'd at least be encouraged. Like, this is amazing, the kingdom is here. But if in that exact same situation, you start praying, and the person just goes, you know what conclusion I am quick to jump to? God's not doing anything here. And I'll pray for the person for about a minute and a half, and then I'll go get some coffee. (laughs) And the problem with that approach is this. Jesus says the whole mustard tree is in the mustard seed. So in other words, when the kingdom starts breaking in, it's not about how big and dramatic it gets very quickly. It's about the whole tree is in the seed, if you'll be patient and you're able to draw it out. And what happens for a lot of us, myself included, is we see a ton of mustard seeds, but because they don't drop into the ground as fully grown trees, We go, I guess I'm not good at this or God's not doing it or whatever. And then we actually sometimes even make it worse when we bring someone from another country and God shows up and does amazing things and we go, I can't do that. Right. And so then we go, well, that's apparently what it's supposed to look like and I can't do it. And so we discount ourselves even further. And when we do all of that, we, we, we like completely miss the point of the parable. The point of the parable is this. If you have a mustard seed of the kingdom, that's all you need. The healing for this person getting up out of the wheelchair is in this breathing and the slight eyelid flutter. The tiny little thing, the smallest possible symbol of the kingdom breaking in. If you have a mustard seed of it, you've got everything you need. And so the issue is how can we keep working with it and perceive the small is not a problem the small is all i need i've got the kingdom that's what i'm looking for it's not how much of the kingdom it's do i have the kingdom here once it's kicked in i'm just going to work with it and that's going to grow and it's going to be great how do you work with it how do you partner with the kingdom so that it continues to grow and multiply you speak words with faith Because when you perceive that tiny mustard seed, what are you perceiving? The hovering presence of the spirit of God. So you add words to faith, word and spirit comes together, more unlocks, add words to faith, more unlocks, add words to faith, more unlocks. Don't give up if you've got a mustard seed. Learn to work with the mustard seed and you'll see all kinds of amazing things happen. Okay, let's do that. Does that sound okay to you guys? Let me. Okay, first thing, can we lock the doors? No, it's just <laughs> I'm kidding, it's warm in here. We don't want to close off any circulation. <laughs> all right, here's what we're going to do. The real reason I told you all of that is because I want to do that. And I want you guys to have a mental framework for understanding what you're about to see okay I think the vineyard way is not that we understand something and hope to see it it's that we see something and hope to understand it right so we're gonna we're gonna see the kingdom break in in this room we're gonna see the hovering presence of the Holy Spirit and I wanted to put all that out there so that when I go that's what the hovering presence of the Holy Spirit looks like you understand what we're saying and, then we say, and now let's add some words and we'll see what happens okay? So um, gal in the black. Yeah, come on up here. And everybody goes, oh no. <laughs> it's OK, you won't be alone. Just sit tight here. Sit tight. Um, leopard print type material, come on up. Yep, that's great. Thank you, thank you. In the gray sweater there, come on up. Oh, no. (laughs) I don't know what I just picked, but you all do.
0: Pick my sister, my other sister.
1: There's (laughs) another sister. Okay, okay. Well, Well, it'll be their turn soon enough. It's okay. It's okay. I think you're two rows from the back. You have a gray hoodie on. You're right behind the gal in the stripes there. Yeah, the beard. Yeah, him. Yeah, come on up. This is the fun part. Okay. And you, would you come on up? That's Good. At this point, everybody stops looking at me. (laughs) Look at the ground, just look at the ground. He won't pick me. (laughs) It's okay, I'm not actually looking for eye contact. All right, and then with the black curly hair. Come on up. Yeah, you, yeah. Come on up. Okay. Um, Now, do we have the lights at full? I don't know if they're dimmed, but if we could just kind of bring room lights up so we can see everywhere in the room, that would be helpful. Now, let's do this. So I want you guys all to scoot down a little bit. Why don't you come right about there? That's good, come forward here, yep, stand right here. Come forward a little bit, yep, perfect. Like that. Keep going, you're doing great. Perfect, yep, forward a little bit. And there, perfect, okay, good. Um, Andrew, where did he go? He ran, he knows what's about to happen. No, he'll be back. I'm sure he just went to the restroom or something. Okay, so here's what we're going to do, okay? Um, We're going to take our remainder of our time here today, and we're going to practice doing exactly what I talked about. But as we do that, okay, and as we practice seeing the Holy Spirit move, I'm going to ask something of you, and then I'm going to commit something to you in return, okay? Now, here's what I'm going to ask of you. Unless I give you instructions, please do not pray. I know. It's like, what? Yeah, okay. Here's the thing. I know how us charismatics are, okay? And in, in, in a few minutes, when we get started, there's some of us in this room that are going to have the temptation to stretch out the hand and start, whatever it is. And if you're busy shundying, what, what you're not doing is paying attention. I would much rather you pay attention because the Holy Spirit is not going to have any problem moving. He doesn't need our shun dying to help move. Okay, And you have an opportunity here to learn something that I don't know the next time you're going to have this chance. Okay, So I want you to be thinking like, um, like we're in one of those labs in school again. You're you're asking critical questions. What is he seeing? Why did he say that? Why did he go there and not there? I want you thinking like that, okay? This is a learning opportunity. Now, my pledge to you in response is this. You won't pray, and here's my pledge. I'm not gonna use spiritual gifts unless I tell you, okay? In other words, I'm gonna do everything we're about to do using simply my natural eyes and my natural memory, I'm not seeing a blue angel over her. I don't see blue angels in the first place. But if I did, I wouldn't use it here, okay? In other words, everything that we're about to do isn't based on some magic sauce. It's based on the learnable skill of learning to see the hovering presence of the Holy Spirit. And I mean that literally, not figuratively, literally See it. And you guys, I can see all your beautiful eyes. You all have natural eyes. What you may not have is natural memory. That's okay, because by the end of our time here, you will have some natural memory. So, therefore, you have all the tools necessary to do what we're about to do in this room at the end of today. So, can we make that deal? You won't pray. I won't use spiritual gifts. We're going to have a great vineyard meeting. <laughs> Seriously, we'll see the kingdom come. It'll be totally good. Because the, the Holy Spirit is not contained within my spiritual gifts. Like, my spiritual gifts aren't the container that holds him. He can do stuff apart from my spiritual gifts. It's a good, good good, little thing there. Okay, so um, I need help. And where'd Andrew, where'd you go? I saw you come back up here, pop up, kind of line up behind him. Okay. Now, here's here's the thing. Any of you that are further back, this is open time and open space. If you wanna come up here so you can see better, there's plenty of empty chairs. If I was you, I would not waste this opportunity. Because, like I said, I don't know when you're gonna get this chance again. So record it if you wanna record it. Sit wherever you wanna sit. But whatever you do, if you are unable to perceive what's happening from where you're sitting, please do not be so lazy as to squander this opportunity okay so here's what we're going to do you guys thank you for being volunteered to come up uh i want you each just kind of take the vineyard position okay so the, the kind of hands out the eyes closed okay now i know i know it's weird to get prayed for in front of people so i know that's a little strange okay um for for some of them maybe not all of them okay well that's helpful um But here's the thing, okay? Um, We're going to pray for you for a little bit. The focus actually won't be on you guys for this entire time. So just kind of relax. The Father will be real generous. I've actually never had someone anywhere I've done this say, I wish you didn't bring me up. They usually say, oh, thank you, that was so good. So um, just kind of close your eyes, put your hands out, take a deep breath here and just forget that, you know, there's a few eyes looking at you, okay? And okay, so Holy Spirit. We really, really want to learn how to do this stuff. And so I ask right now, would you come as the teacher and would you teach us how to see your hovering presence? Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Okay, now, this is super exciting. Because what you're seeing right here, right now, this is a mustard seed. I actually really like it when it starts like this. If the Holy Spirit falls too far too fast, it kind of undermines the point I'm trying to make, okay? So, now he can do what he wants. I don't, I don't boss him around, you know? But, but uh, here's the thing, okay? I want you guys right now, I want each and every one of you to look at this and take a mental snapshot. This is what a mustard seed looks like. Because what I'm gonna show you is how to work with the mustard seed. It will not look like this in 20 minutes, okay? But I want you to remember where it starts because the truth is this is where it starts for the overwhelming majority of us, okay? You see the same mustard seed when you pray. It's about working with that mustard seed. So, okay, let me point out just real quick. I see the hovering presence of the Holy Spirit physically doing a few different things with a few different people. So let me kind of point that out. It's subtle, mustard seed size. Let me point that out so so we know what's happening here. here, um, what I see happening with her is a little bit of a sway back and forth. If I was dramatic, it would look like this. It's much, it's much less than this, but there's a tiny little bit of a sway happening. That's actually very common when the Holy Spirit begins to engage someone. When the Holy Spirit engages someone, there's, there's, there's kind of like a scale to how big it looks. And a lot of times, when you see something this small, it's easy to go, well, how do I know that's the Holy Spirit? I mean, that's, that's like so subtle. Well, that's the point. If it was big, you wouldn't be questioning it. But it's the same exact thing. It's just in mustard seed size. And so you don't dismiss it because it's small. You learn to recognize the character of it, and you capture it, and you go, that's the mustard seed. That's the kingdom of God right here, right now on her. That's what it looks like. Again, sort of like we talked about hearing God, how we we have this picture that he speaks from the outside. So what we need to do is get rid of the garbage picture and embrace an accurate one. When the spirit of God starts touching someone, we need to get rid of whatever the garbage picture is. This is the accurate one. That's what it looks like when God's kingdom starts crashing into reality. Mustard seed. Okay, so that's happening there. Andrew, why don't you, and Brittany, why don't you guys kind of tune in and we'll have you point out a few things with some of these other people as we go here, okay? Now, what I see here, again, very subtle, I see really deep breathing. And you'll see this happen when uh, you pray sometimes. A person's breathing will really shift. Anybody ever, when they start praying, the person goes, (sighs) anybody ever do that? And we can tend because we are so naturalistic, and I get it, I have a PhD in science. Because we're so naturalistic, we tend to look at that and we go, oh, they're just relaxing. Well, they probably are relaxing. But also, let's not forget, the word for spirit is the word for breath. So when you say, come Holy Spirit, and the person goes, (gasps) it's literally the most literal picture of the Spirit of God coming on them that you could have. So a lot of times the breathing winds up shifting here. Also, there's a real sense of what what would you say you feel when you look at him? Peace, right? Peace and calm. See, one of the one of the elements of the spirit of god coming upon someone is often our attention gets pulled somewhere. It's kind of the opposite version of when someone's like on the phone, you know, you're having a conversation with them and they're not there with you, you know, they're on their phone. Well, it's the same thing. He's not fully here in this room. Like, there's a part of him that's been caught up into the peace of God, which, oh, yeah, that's one of those fruits of the Spirit, isn't it? Right? So I can, I can identify an intention that's being
2: kind of caught up with the Lord. Okay, Andrew, what are we seeing here? I feel like he stands out even more as his attention sort of not being here. Like you can see he's sort of bent forward in a position that seems sort of reflective to me, like he's listening to something that's not actually audible to me. Uh, I think his breathing has also changed somewhat. I think he might be shaking just a little bit. And he's chewing gum. gum. (laughs) (laughs) It means he's chewing on this thought. (laughs) Um,
1: One one thing as well is, when when you have
2: this kind of thing happening, when you have this kind of thing
1: happening, Sometimes God manifests as more happening, and sometimes he manifests as less happening. The truth is, is if you're having a conversation with someone, you do not stand perfectly still. You kind of like shift your weight around a little bit, you know, you're sort of constantly getting comfortable and leaning back and forth and whatever, but when all of that goes away, and they get perfectly still, that can be just as much a manifestation of the spirit as if they were doing more than what's normal. Great.
2: I don't know if you can see from where you're at, but I can see clearly that she is trembling. Can you see that? Um, I think her breathing has also changed. You know, she also is like bent over a little bit like this. I don't want to interrupt you, but do you feel anything physical? <laughs> yes, Okay. <laughs> But do you feel warm or anything like that, no? Okay.
1: Notice as well as the tremble, there's a sway
2: too. Mm. Yeah, swaying back and forth. Yep, yeah. that's good. Brittany, you wanna do the
3: last two there? Um, I'm gonna actually start over here. And just kind of like with Hill, uh, um, she is extremely peaceful and calm, which um, and she's been like this almost the whole time. You can also see there's like a slight trembling in her eyelids up here. And oftentimes that is a really good indication that the Holy Spirit has come because um, it's not something that we really can do, make ourselves do. And so um, that can just even be an indication that the, the presence of the Holy Spirit is right there, right there with her. So um, again, I just see like a lot of peace on her and um, that stillness, that stillness. And then over here, um, this is, she's probably uh, one of the more demonstrative that we have up here. <laughs> Um, yeah. and, um, you know, along with, I think a lot of what's already been said, you'll see there's the twitching, but there's also like a bending that she's been doing. If you, I don't know if you've been seeing like that. And a lot of times when the Holy Spirit grips us, sometimes there is like, it's almost like there's like, um, that's something that's deep within us that kind of like crumples us. And, um, that's something I'm definitely seeing on her as she's going through. Um, actually her fingers are super duper, super cold. Um, and that... Sometimes, like, a change in temperature one way or the other can be can be something as well. Um, yeah, the head shakes. I mean, there's just a lot going on here. It's, <laughs> and, the, and the smiles.
1: Okay, so the, the Lord is doing different things with each one of them, and that's that's a key thing to notice. Like, when the Holy Spirit starts showing up, it's not the same with every person, and it's not the same with any person every single time. He knows what he's doing, and he manifests differently as is needed. Now, here's the thing. We follow him, not us. So at this point, we've perceived the hovering presence of the Holy Spirit. Now, I could, and what would be perhaps my natural tendency, I could go down the line and pray for each one of them. That would probably make them all feel included, and, and it would appeal to some sentiments, but that's following what I'm doing. So this whole thing is about learning to perceive and step in where the Holy Spirit is moving. And the Holy Spirit, he's not like overlooking people. He, he's got a plan for everybody, but we start where he starts, and we follow where he leads. So when I'm looking at this crew here, as I kind of just look across the line, I, I see legitimate Holy Spirit touching each each and every one of them. We we just pointed that out, but it's the the two gals there that look the heaviest to me, like the Holy Spirit is moving uh, on on the two in the um, the black and the leopard skin type thing here. So I'm gonna start. I'm sorry, I'm a guy. I don't know. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna start over here. And we're now going to add some words to the hovering presence of the Holy Spirit. And how do you do that? What does that look like? Well, if you can perceive what the Holy Spirit is doing, that's great. So over there, I would probably be like, more peace, right? Because we perceived peace is what the Holy Spirit is doing. If you don't know what the Holy Spirit is doing, then add words along the lines of, you're doing something, do more. (laughs) Okay, like I can see that you're here and I want to get on on board with that. And so in this instance, all I'm going to do is I'm just going to say more, Holy Spirit. Now watch, just more. And you'll notice, as I'm adding words, it's turning up a little bit, right? This is, this is more than what was happening earlier, right? That's good. Let's keep going. Keep Just keep drinking that in. More on Lydia. Look at how the, look at how the trembling's turning up. You can see her whole dress is shaking. More. You're doing a great job staying composed up here. <laughs> 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 it's good, just keep receiving from the Lord. It's good. Yeah, more Holy Spirit. Now, hold on, everybody. I want you to look at the end of the row. We didn't we didn't even get down there. okay? and and here's what the Holy Spirit does. okay? you know that parable where Jesus talks about the spirit he like blows like wind in the trees. You don't know where he's going but you can see where he's at. The Holy Spirit really does work that way. The wind is blowing in the trees right here. So we come over here and we say, (laughs) we come over here and we say more Holy Spirit. And he turns up and then we see the wind down there. So what do we do? We go down here. (laughs) We say more Holy Spirit. Andrew, why don't you pop over here just real quick? Yeah, there it is, more. Now, pop quiz. What would you guess this is, fruit of the spirit wise? Joy, right? All right. So more joy on our God. More joy. It's okay. You can relax. It's always weird to get prayed for in front of people like this. You don't want to break down and become a laughing mess. <laughs> it's okay. More of your joy on our God. More, 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 more. See how he's turning up right here? More, Holy Spirit. More. God, I bless that peace. Bless that peace on him, God. More, Holy Spirit. More over here, too. Bless that peace. More. Yeah. it's good. More, Lord. Now, when you're you're, you're experiencing someone who's... Uh, the Holy Spirit is manifesting by doing less, not more. When that turns up, you, they don't start doing more. <laughs> it, does that make sense? And so, in others, when peace turns up, it doesn't all of a sudden start looking demonstrative, right? So, it's good, though. More, Lord. Just bless Him. Bless Him, God. Bless Him, God. More, Holy Spirit. I just can't help it. So, I'm just going to come. Just more on these ladies, God. <laughs> Okay, now, pop quiz. Does anybody know what this trembling is often indicative of God doing? This is that natural memory part. Some people might know. Freedom could be that. Often, yeah, related to that, often it's power. Power is what's happening is there's something flowing through her body that her body actually can't control. And so often you'll see that shaking when power is happening. So I'm going to specifically bless that. More of your power, honor God. More. As face is getting really flush. The trembling is turning up even more. Yeah, more. More, 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 God. <laughs> Receive the power of the Lord. That's good. If you're seeing something like this when you're praying for healing, that is a really good sign that's a really good sign you want to you want to be be excited about that all right yep just keep doing more Lauren <laughs> that's fun would you just open your hands for me here yeah just keep receiving yeah more holy Spirit yeah just bless that peace God more I can't see what you're saying
3: You can see she even started swaying a little bit under that piece.
1: More Holy Spirit. All right. This is good. Okay, so the mustard seed is growing a little bit. It's like a little sapling at this point. Okay? You'll notice we worked with it. The Holy Spirit did something. And in little places, he's turning up a little bit more than others. But he's... Moving, if that makes sense. Okay, gal with the scarf right there. I want you to go ahead and stand up. Now, here's what happens when you begin to get in a room where the Holy Spirit starts moving. He's not really interested in only these six people. <laughs> he starts popping around the rest of the room and beginning to, to minister and kind of fall upon other people. And so I picked her out because I actually see the Lord beginning to come upon her right now. If, if you look at her, like, look at her, I know it's weird, but everybody look at her, okay? She, she looks to me, now I don't know her at all, I don't know her personality, but she looks to me like she's trying hard not to let emotion come out. <laughs> she's like, keep it together, keep it together, and often what happens, interestingly, often when the Holy Spirit starts moving on someone, they don't always recognize it as the Holy Spirit. Usually, they just feel like something weird is happening, and we need someone to come from the outside and say, that's the Holy Spirit, actually. Now, you might have recognized that. I'm not saying you didn't, but sometimes we need someone from the outside to go, that's the Lord. So here's what we're going to do. If you're within reaching distance of her, I'd like you to go ahead and stand up. You're going to join. You're going to get to be the prayer team here, okay, including the row behind, yep, And just go ahead, you put your hands out, put your, put your hands on her, and just do the exact same thing that you saw us doing. Just pray more of the Holy Spirit's presence on her. Okay? Good. Good, good, good. Okay, gal in the scarf over here, the green scarf. Yep, you're, you're turning behind you. Um, you. She's been sitting there doing this for like the whole time that we've been up here. This is the presence of the Lord. By the way, if you're like, I want to learn how to see this, I'll tell you one of the best things you can do is watch a room during worship because they're doing the exact same things that happen during worship. This, I mean, you ever seen anybody do this in worship? That's actually the presence of the Lord engaging them. So would you go ahead and stand up? And same thing, if you're within reaching distance, let's get a few people on her, put your hands out, just begin to pray and minister. She's doing the same swaying thing. I don't even know if you know you're doing it. Most of the time, we don't. You're doing the same swing thing. You stand up, and same thing. Circle around. Yeah. Mustard seed is growing. All right. Guy in the plaid over there. Maybe plaid isn't exactly right, but you just turned around. You've got your arms crossed like this. Yeah. You. (laughs) Stuck. Same thing happening. You guys circle around. Lay hands on him, okay? All right. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now, just relax. We're just following him, okay? We're just watching. Holy Spirit, we just thank you for what you're doing. Look at her. Look at her. She's getting hammered, right? That's good. This is, this is actually how life-changing encounters happen. We stood up with her. Don't, nothing major was happening, right? She was, like, looking weird looking like she was feeling weird. Maybe I should say that way, right? But that's the hovering presence of the Spirit of God. And as we tune in, he multiplies it. He multiplies it. Gal, with the kind of pink flowery dress right there, the Lord's beginning to, to fall on you. Would you, The circle of you guys right there, get your hands on her. Yeah, good. Why don't you guys come on up and start praying for her, you four. Yeah, it's good. All right. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You guys seen anyone else that I'm missing out here? You'll you'll let me know. Good. All right. Now, um, those of you that are praying, all right, I want to give you guys just a little bit of coaching. Adding words through faith does not sound like whispering. If you're whispering... You are backing off, and that is the opposite of faith. You're hiding your words. Words spoken with faith come out. And so I want to be able to hear you pray. Don't all pray at once, you know, don't yell over each other, but just take turns. Holy Spirit, more of your presence. Pray like your words are actually going to make something happen, and you'll see something happen, if that makes sense. So I want to hear noise coming from these groups. It's good. Really good. Okay. I just kind of can't help it. The the gal in the pink, you're the like you're the first one that goes off every time. Uh, <laughs> but you're going off again. So, let's let's do what God's doing, okay? So, go ahead and stand up if you can and uh, a few people circle around. Here.
3: There's a woman in the back in a navy outfit. Yes, you're looking straight at me through somebody's arm. You? Nope. Yeah, you. I I feel like I don't know. I'd like you to stand up and get some prayer.
2: <laughs> I'd like to pick out one more. You in the in the black with the watch. Yes. Would you please stand up? And people around her pray for her, please. Good. Thank you. Good. Now we're looking, right,
1: and we're engaging, and we're praying. As you're doing that, it's good to keep an eye to the other people in your group because the Holy Spirit will often begin to hop on one of the people doing the praying. And if that happens, it is happening over here, right? The the one gal is where we started. The other one is really trying to stay silent and not working very well. So in an instance like this, okay, you're going to do what you see the Father doing. It's cool to keep praying for her, but you want to break off and pray for the person God's falling on now as well. And so let's do this. Group back here, group back here. I don't know if you guys can pay attention. I want you guys to actually split. Keep praying for her, but pray for the other gal as well. So kind of divide in two, and why don't we add a few more to the group? Some of you guys jump in and help get that sorted. All right, Lord, we thank you that your kingdom is crashing into this room, God, that people's lives are being touched, that you're empowering, that you're filling, that you're pouring on, that you're healing, God, that you're doing all of these things. We bless it, God. Turn it up. Turn it up, God, in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. There's a guy in the back row, you're kind of in like a white and checkered pattern, white and I don't know if it's red or pink or something like that. Yeah, go ahead and stand up, and you guys pray for him. And the dude in the blue in the row behind, yeah, you're kind of bobbing up and down. Yeah, you should get prayer too. Don't jump in. You, you need to get it. <laughs> That's good. That's good. All right. I think you guys need to pray for him. Go ahead and stand up. Yep. Jump on there. That's good guy with the kind of red and blue is it maybe yeah you're leaning back like real comfortable you're you're it tag (laughs) it's good more holy spirit all across this room all across this room god yeah why don't you guys go pray for her see her back there just kind of kneeling over hand on the thing yeah more Holy Spirit. This is another wave of the Spirit of God coming over the room. He often comes in waves, kind of. And so even just a minute ago, it was kind of calm. feels a little more chaotic. It's the Holy Spirit coming over the room. It's cool. Lean in when, when he's doing that. Lean in. Um, is a gallon kind of white and black there, tank top? Yeah, that's you. I think you're supposed to get some prayer. Can we get a few people? Maybe some of you guys head back and some of you back there. Get some prayer for her. Yeah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now, if you're wanting to jump into a prayer group uh, and you just kind of don't happen to be right next to one, feel free. Um, there's a lot happening across the room. You should get some prayer and she should get some prayer. So can I kind of steal some people? Yeah. Get some prayer for her. Get some prayer for her. It's good. It's good, more Holy Spirit, more God, yeah, yeah, more on her Holy Spirit, there he is, more, more, more Holy Spirit, fill her up, fill her up, yes, God, more Holy Spirit, more Holy Spirit. This is good. You guys are doing it. You're doing great. You're doing great. Thank you, Holy Spirit. (laughs) She's getting a good spa treatment there, isn't she? That's good. This is the Lord breaking off like tension, stress, anxiety, stuff like that. You see that? It's even popping off her. So just keep leaning into that. Like, Lord, just break off every burden. Every burden. Your yoke is easy, your burden is light, and we break off everything that is weighing her down right now. See that? You see the way she responds? (laughs) Lean into that. (laughs) Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. There it is. Yes, Lord. Thank you for freedom. So the guy running the sound and the guy right behind, you were, I think, the original pastor of this church, right? The Lord's, the Lord's beginning to come on both of you. So can, can I maybe get some of those front rows right in front and the people on the side jump in and yeah, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord's doing all kinds of good stuff, different things, different people. He's bringing his kingdom. This is what kingdom looks like. It looks like another world breaking in on our world. Some of you guys should break off and pray for her. Like some keep praying there, but some pray for her. That's good. You're doing great, everybody. You're doing great. Yes, more Holy Spirit. More Holy Spirit. Don't get too quiet, guys. One at a time. Take turns. Yeah, more of your presence, honor God. More. More. That's good. Yes, God. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. Um, this is kind of all the way across the room, but there's a guy in the doorway over there, hands in the pockets, right by the exit door. Yeah, can a few people go go and get on him? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, bro. <laughs> it's good, it's the Lord. <laughs> it's awesome. Yep, you got it. Thank you, Holy Spirit. More. More, all across the room, God. All across the room. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So you guys can feel, there's just a little bit of a a lull right now. Remember we talked about waves. This is a lull. That's okay. We're just going to kind of keep leaning in. We're going to keep praying. Doesn't mean anything's wrong. I, I should pray for her. You won for him and won for her. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It's good. There's more coming. We're just going to choose to stay engaged. Yeah. So what often happens when you have some of these kind of like receding moments, things feel a little bit lighter in the room, it's a little bit less intense, it's almost like God's changing gears, he's moving things into the next gearbox, (laughs) and then when he re-engages it's going to go deeper. Um, So just kind of stay with it, ask the Lord if he's changing the channel at all in any way. There's more that's going to come. It's good. I really see the Lord actually beginning to move on this side of the room right here. There's a bunch of people like uh, the guy in the kind of light blue collared shirt. He's facing away from me there. Yeah, can you maybe tap him or something? Yeah, you need to start getting prayer. The Lord's starting to come on you. So a couple of people start get, getting prayer for him. Yeah, more Holy Spirit. Turn up, God. Turn up. Turn up yeah more Holy Spirit try and just kind of walk her over there break break someone off, yeah yes Lord, yes Lord. now I know this this seems very uh different if you're not used to this, I totally understand that this is totally in a sense weird uh but this is what it looks like when God begins to interact with people, and so um what we're doing is we're just trying to do what he does, and we'll know by the fruit of it. If it looks weird, but the person gets healed, that's worth it to me. <laughs> that's what you're doing. Marion, you need to get some prayer, friend. The Lord's starting to come on you. Can, can we get uh, a couple of people to come pray for our uh, national director here? The Lord's starting to come on her. Anyone want to jump on that? I know somebody wants to. Yeah. There we go. Come on. Come on, friends. This is good. We're a body. We're a family. There it is. The next wave is kind of coming over the room right now. We just say, Yes, Holy Spirit. More. More, Holy Spirit. Yes, God. Yes, God. I just bless you guys. Step in. Go for it. Step in. The Lord is here. The Lord is here. Thank you, God yes Holy Spirit that's good lady's just kind of a joy container isn't she (laughs) that's good wonderful wonderful yeah more Holy Spirit more Holy Spirit more God scoot past you here thank you jesus more lord pray for her yeah she's totally totally getting pulled into that all right yeah this is this is the power of the lord right here more power god more power honor god Why don't you put your hand wherever it's broken or needs fixing? me. Me like my voice projected over you guys. The Lord's turning up more. He's coming on you. He's coming on you more on her God. More on more on yes. her God. More on yes. her God. More 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 Jesus. It's good. Keep leaning in, guys. Keep leaning in. All right. So, if you're already getting prayer. You're, you're good to go, but if you're not getting prayer, I want you to do a quick um, body check, and specifically I want you to tune into your hands and get a sense as to if you're feeling something in your hands right now, okay? You might be feeling tingly, you might, they might feel warm, they might be kind of clammy and sweaty, you might even feel wind in them. Who's sensing something in your hands right now? I think there's a lot of people. It's because the Lord just kind of shifted, and there's, there's healing that's kind of being unlocked. So here's what I want to do. If, you, if you're feeling something in your hands, let's go over here, kind of in this corner where there's a little bit of room. All right, so I want you guys to put your hands out, okay? So what's happening is the Lord is stirring up healing in you. That's why your hands are responding. Um, there's like kind of an outpouring of more healing. So just kind of tune in, breathe out, stop paying attention to me. <laughs> and uh, Andrew and Menno, can you maybe help us pray here? I'd love to, if we can, get something on everyone's hands. So Father, I bless the healing you're putting in their hands. More healing. Let healing come. Let healing come in Jesus' name. I bless you guys to lay your hands on the sick and see them recover. To lay your hands on broken bodies and see them made whole. Yep, there it is. More, Lord. More. I bless healing. Let it rest upon your hands in Jesus' name. Let it rest upon your hands. There it is. More. More, God. More. In Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. Let healing come. There it is. Let healing come. Yeah, that oil you're feeling in your hands right now, that's when you when you sense that, pay attention. That's healing being poured out. More, Lord. More healing in their hands. Yeah, there it is. More. Woo. More, God. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. More on Mark. Hey, good to see you, bud. <laughs> More, Holy Spirit. Yes, God. Pour out healing, God. Pour it out in Jesus' name. Yeah. There it is there it is, let the healing power of the Lord Jesus Christ come upon you, there it is, and I open your hands right now, I open your hands to be a vessel of his healing, yeah, there it is, let it come, more God, more, I open your hands to be a vessel of his healing, may you lay your hands on the sick and see broken bodies made whole, in Jesus name, yeah, power God, power on him, Turn it up. Miracles. God given miracles in Jesus' name. More, Lord. More, God. Healing, Jesus. Healing. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. More, God. Open their hands. Open them up. Open them up. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, now here's the thing Here's the thing with the vineyard. We get something from God so that we can give it away. We don't get it to keep it. We get it to give it. So the Lord just poured out healing stuff on these people. If you need healing for anything and you want to get some prayer, would you kind of line up over on this wall over here? I'm not talking words of knowledge, anything that you need healing for, come line up over here. We got a bunch of people that we're going to put it into practice right away. It's good. If you need healing for anything. And you guys included. If you guys need healing for anything, you can go stand over there too, all right? It's good. Here we go. Okay, now, you guys who just got prayed for, hold on, pause, 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 pause. Let me give you guys instructions, okay? I want you to look at these people and and look to see if any of them stand out to you. Don't just go to a person because you know them. See if someone stands out and go to the person that stands out. If no one does, that's okay. Just go to someone. But pause and see if the Lord would guide you to someone. more lord unlock healing all across this room god would you release power lord into broken bodies freedom lord healing wholeness release your wholeness let your kingdom come let your kingdom come jesus name thank you god let your kingdom come Thank you, Lord.
0: Ha <laughs> ha As your prayers continue, please don't feel rushed in any way, but also when you're done, feel free to begin to leave the auditorium to go for lunch. Um, to give you ample enough time for lunch, we will start the coffee and tea. Um, it will probably start at 1.30, but it will last a little longer, and the afternoon program will start 2.30. So you have half an hour extra. 2.30 we start the afternoon program. So you can have enough time to get lunch and coffees.